0: Always great to get new voices in the show and and you know we, we try to get perspectives on a whole different range of things and uh, through a mutual friend Ozzy Palomo uh, we're, we're glad to have on uh, Joe Borelli. he's a New York City counselor and and, and as, as luck would have it just has an editorial an opinion piece in the New York Post today. And we'd love to talk about a whole range of issues uh, with Joe, and we welcome him here on Brian and Company and WTIC News Talk Tanetti, Joe, good morning. Thanks for taking the time. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Rainy day, but it's uh, it's going to be a, a big one, I think. So, I mean, you've talked a lot both on TV and 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 in print about about the border, and obviously, we've read a lot about um, a lot of. You know, the, the undocumented migrants have been sent up to New York City. Um, just sort of paraphrase, you know, w- what your take is in, in the paper today.
1: Well, it's a tipping point. And the Democrats have finally evolved themselves, to put it politely, uh, to adopt some of the entirely reasonable and rational GOP uh, policy points on the border. Namely, that walls do, in fact, prevent people from crossing that uh, crossings have to be regulated to some degree, that responsible immigration is fine and welcome and if we vet people and they go through the process they're fine, and on the back end that sanctuary cities simply can't pay for services in posterity and spend themselves into oblivion, which is essentially what New York City is doing. Just to give some comparables of uh, the, the six billion dollars we're projected to spend next fiscal year is bigger than the entire budget of Phoenix, uh, so we can pay for as New York City, the entire budget of the fifth largest city in the country. It's bigger than the entire budget of the state of Mississippi, so we just can't absorb that. Despite uh, the the real woke uh, lefty Democrats uh, b- protesting,
0: you know it's interesting. I mean, I I'm an independent. Uh, I'm not a Democrat. I'm I'm not a Republican, and and so I I try to look at both perspectives. And one thing I can't figure out, Joe is why, and, and I don't know how effective walls are, and I know they had to spend this money on very specific things, but I don't understand why the Biden administration really seems to have done, they waited so long to do anything. And I, I just don't understand the policy of having no policy. It just doesn't make sense to me. Like what do you, wh- I know you can't get inside anybody's head and neither can I, but like, what, what was the whole strategy? No, you can't be- because the, the show is the strategy. The the theatrics of politics
1: has emerged to the forefront, uh, and the results and deliverables have gone by the wayside. I I think this is sort of a big picture. I think this is maybe the result of social media, uh, the proliferation of of, of traditional media, um, where the the show and the theatrics – just look at Matt Gaetz. Matt Gaetz is being lauded by by the Republican base uh, when if you talk to – I mean, I I swear to you, if you talk to any member of Congress in the Republican uh, House conference, I mean, they they can't stand the guy. the guy, The guy is toxic. Um, But you have these alternate realities when you're dealing with uh, people who get their news through constant social media uh, and and the constant saturation of uh, regular traditional media. The net result is that the show is is what counts. So Biden had to virtue signal when he was running for office. He had to say that Trump was the the devil incarnate, that Trump policies were terrible, that things that were entirely reasonable. I, I mean, don't forget. People were getting asylum status throughout the Trump administration. People from foreign countries were emigrating to the U.S. throughout the Trump administration. They did it throughout the Obama administration. In other words, people were still able to come here, but you would never know that. You would just know that, that basically the Trump administration were the devil, and they were persecuting people who wanted to come here for, for better economic benefits.
0: And yeah, I mean, it, they had you know, to it, stick to that. Yeah, it's it's such a fact because obviously, like the some of the optics on child separation and and the fenced in, you know, I'm not calling them cages necessarily. I mean, that stuff wasn't great in the Trump administration. But you're right. I mean, like the whole point is to do it legally and to go through a system and have it regulated. And I just don't understand. And and it it's completely overwhelmed certain cities in New York. I mean, what I want to get into with you with New York is that give us a sense and and i think that if you are wanting to bring the attention to the of the nation to this problem you know having the sanctuary cities receive these undocumented has certainly done that because they now see in new york how difficult it is to manage it. So, what is it like in New York? I mean, I mean, you hear stories of the hotels and people getting bounced from hotels because they have to house people. I mean, what is the dynamic in the city right now?
1: Look, uh, just yesterday uh, in a hotel in Staten Island, which is just uh, just in my uh, geographic area, it's where I'm from, um, we found uh, police found one pound of crystal meth uh, in, in a migrant hotel room. Now, I'm not saying that people on Staten Island don't use crystal meth, that there aren't any uh, citizens who are doing drugs or doing bad stuff. I'm just saying that we've gotten to the point where now we're seeing the crime, the downstream crime from some of these these essentially massive homeless shelters, uh, and people are getting frustrated. Uh, one of my dear friends is actually, uh, as luck would have it, someone who came illegally to this country about 20 years ago uh, and who is now a green card holder and has a family and is a very productive guy. and He's a wonderful guy. He's the most angry person I've encountered about some of these migrant shelters because they, there's one right across from his house, uh, and his kids have to be harassed uh, by, by hundreds of, of, of men. His daughter has to be looked at and jeered at by hundreds of men uh, on the show, at the shelter on Tompkins Avenue. So it, it's starting to have an impact. Every city in the U.S. has put, placed controversial homeless shelters. Homeless shelters are controversial for any city, but we need them. And instead of deliberating about them, this mayor just put 206 all over every single neighborhood of this city, and people are just getting sick of it. We're seeing hotels that once had vibrant restaurants and and, and businesses around it. We're seeing those restaurants actually close. The Post just covered a story um, of of one hotel – I forget the name, it escapes me at the moment – but one hotel that they had to lay off all the workers because obviously the migrants aren't going uh, into the high-end uh, restaurant that once occupied the, the restaurant space in the building. Right. So we're seeing the downstream consequences, and now with six billion dollars projected next year, we actually have to cut real services for regular New Yorkers.
0: You know, we're talking with Joe Borelli, New York City Councilor. He has a piece in the New York Post today. Uh, if you want to check it out, um, I'm curious. I mean, because. I, it's so funny. I used to work in the city a lot when I worked at CNBC and lived in Jersey, and I, I have not been in New York City before the pandemic, so I have no idea. I mean, people talk about the weed smoke, and now you have all these these issues that you just touched on. And I, I, I want to know, like, what is your working relationship with Mayor Adams? I mean, how is it?
1: M- my relationship with the mayor is actually very good. Um, you know, I, I, he is one of those people that uh, will take my phone call. Uh, or get back to me whenever I call him. I, I respect that uh, about him. Uh, frankly, it, it, he he does take what I say into consideration. Uh, we had a meeting on the migrant crisis just last week. He outlined uh, about this trip that he was going on to Mexico and, and Ecuador and Venezuela. Uh, I, I actually said, uh, you know, from a political standpoint, I said, Mr. Mayor, if you want to go down and, and basically talk like a Republican on, on, on Mexican and Venezuelan TV, I ain't going to stop you, buddy you know, um, and and that's exactly what he's doing. I I think we are going to see some of the transitioning out of these hotel shelters into the sort of tent city model, because at some point you have to make it a little bit less comfortable for folks uh, and encourage them to to, to get packing. Uh, So I think we will start seeing some 30 day and 60 day eviction notices. Uh, And again, this is the result of, of pressure by people that he listens to on the city council and elsewhere who are sort of uh, in the center uh, and, and if not lean right uh, in the political spectrum of New York on this issue.
0: So you've been doing this for a while. I mean, and I, you, you, you're a pretty uh, open, transparent um, supporter of former President Donald Trump. What are your larger ambitions? Are you happy where you are? You, will you run for mayor? Do you, are, you, are you waiting to see if, the, if Trump wins and go down to D.C.? Like, what, what, What's your long term? No, I, I had many of those opportunities, uh, and um, I'm the father of two kids. Uh, I think uh, this might be my last
1: term. Uh, I am the Republican leader of, of, of the council, and we went from two members to six members. Uh, we have an election this November, so we'll hope to even add another seat. Uh, we have the largest Republican delegation in, in 30 years, so it's been fun accomplishing that for, for the broader city. Uh, but I, I, I certainly won't be running for mayor. Uh, I doubt I'll ever run for Congress. Uh, I don't think I'm going to run for borough president, which is our county exec. I think I will ride off into the sunset, uh, which not enough politicians actually do, uh, yeah. and, and, and go get a job and, and, and build a company or, or do something else, uh, hopefully successfully.
0: Oh, good for you. You know, my daughter looked at Marist. I know you went to Marist. I, I, Great school. I guess, I guess it's a beautiful spot over there. It is a wonderful spot. And, and there's a one-credit
1: class you can take uh, for small boat sailing. Uh, where you get to go sail on the Hudson River like once a week, and they actually give you a credit for it. So if she does decide there, make sure
0: she takes that class. I will, I will pass along the info. Uh, listen, Joe, it's great to make the connection. Uh, you know, I, we may not agree on everything, but the dialogue is the most important thing, so I so appreciate it, and, and hopefully we'll connect again. Well, thanks for giving me the space. All right, Joe Borelli, New York City Councilor, and again, go to the New York Post website. He's got a, a, an editorial today on the border, basically, you know, using as the springboard the Biden administration is going to build a little bit of wall, and sort of talking about how maybe the Democratic view of the migrant crisis is coming around to the Republican view a little bit. So, it's worthy read at NewYorkPost.com. Again, it's Joe Borelli, B-R-R-E-L-L-I.